to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy Wine. I'm Hardy Wine. Join me now. I am Hardy Wine. I just surprised myself. My goodness. Join me now. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm just verifying it. I am indeed Hardy Wine. Oh my goodness. You might as well join me right now for a full hour of having fun and recognizing ourselves suddenly and excitedly. It's a wonderful feeling. I'm Hardy White. <laughs> I want to say I love you every day, but today I love you more. I want to say I need you every day, but today I need you more. I'd never know a saving on the cares on the catamount of ale in the games. The total changes rating. There is no way to be a leader in Americana except for you guys. Those are the words of a very drunk John Wayne. And I remember hearing it on one of those records that's a compilation of celebrities at their worst, saying terrible things. But now I'm thinking, well, I never understood what he meant, but now I'm thinking maybe he's correct. And I don't know why that is, but I love the way it sounds. So I think sometimes just the way things sound can contain truth. They can be factually wrong, but if they just, there's no way to be a leader in Americana these days or something, you guys. It just sounds correct. It sounds like a melody to me, in my mind. I, I get ideas in the form of snippets of songs a lot of times. The other way was I'd taken a tour of ore and it wasn't a bore. Bah, 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 21st century BC. I'm Gilgamesh or something like that. And I thought it would be funny if there was a show about ancient Mesopotamia and it was called, I don't know, something like that, 21st century BC. It'd be fun, right? So this is the 21st century, but that is BC, and uh, which is also a type of headache powder. So, you know, that's because, whoa, hard times back then. Things were different, and we used to cover those topics in our sitcoms, and we just don't anymore. There were lots more cavemen. First, it was um, It's About Time with Joey Ross, right? Ooh, ooh, ooh. And... Um, then there was uh, the cavemen that were from the insurance company had their own show, too. And we, so we used to deal with those topics, Flintstones. But now, uh, we don't even think about that. And we don't want to deal with issues about culture and history. Just going to sweep it all under the carpet. But the historical things used to be fun. My goodness, Robin Hood Men in Tights was a Mel Brooks movie that spawned so many imitators around the globe and they wanted to say well, we love these historical dramas we want more of them and movies have always done that for us say hey we, there's history and then there's history distilled into two hours of fiction which is the neato kind i like that you can base entire revolutions on that if it's a good if it's a good enough movie it can get you all riled up my goodness what, what movie got me so angry that I would start a revolution? Well, I was about f 16 when I saw Disney's The uh, Black Hole, and that got me very angry because I felt like this, what little I know about science, this thing is wrong.
But that's a different kind of angry. Angry at the film. So I'm trying to think if one got me if I was agreed with it so much that I was willing to do something. Can't think of a film like that really offhand. I've enjoyed some. I'm one of those people that if you, I love movies and I've seen quite a bit. And if you asked me to name one right now, it would send me into a type of paralysis. I would be like a creature that has caught in the headlights and go, oh, that poor thing is doomed. Why do, Run out of the way, creature. We're a car barreling down the highway. But my brain doesn't know that. It's just frozen with indecision. There's just two, I don't know what to do. What do you mean? My, what, what do you mean name a movie? Tell a joke. What do you mean tell a joke? I got, you've said funny. I've heard you say funny things. Have I? What were they? You remind me. I, I have a hard time summoning up things like that, talent and all, which is necessary in the world. They want you to do that. When you're interviewing for a job, they might say, well, what job skills do you have? And I say, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Even if I have them, I don't know if I can summon them up at your endeavor. Like, you know, where you say, well, you can edit, you have editing skills. I don't know if I have them for you. You know, I hope they'll be there when I go to fetch them. But the things that I'm good at, that happens sometimes in the arts. You go, uh-oh, I used to be good at, at music. Oh, your sophomore album isn't very good. I know, it's, it's my goodness, can we skip? I was hoping to, to clep out and take a test and just skip the junior or senior album. Your post-grad, I love your post-grad album. Some people have so many record albums, I don't even know how you classify them. Postdoc. How many postdoc albums does that person have? Maybe it doesn't correlate like that. They should probably start sooner than saying freshman, sophomore album like that. They should probably start your kindergarten album, your first grade album, etc. Your junior high, that person's been around so long, they're in their junior high albums. How can they still be writing songs that are relevant? They can't. There's a whole... Two or three of them are just albums of ballads. Just one of them sit there. The band broke up, and then one of them is just sitting at the piano playing ballads. Oh, you got to keep going, though. Keep breathing. Oh, my goodness. Are you, Hardy, are you saying give up? Am I? I don't know. what. I'm, oh, my goodness. Don't listen to me. Unless I've got a some kind of safety vest on, and I'm giving important instructions. Then you should, because it's probably been sanctioned. If it's just, if I'm making it up, don't bother. But if I've got a vest on and a passion, I'm going, I'm going to have to get you to not go down that trail. Listen, because I'm probably a spokesman for wiser, clear head eyes. Myself, I feel a lot just like a conduit. What kind of conduit? A sewer pipe, specifically. Or maybe one carrying clean water. I don't know, it's beautiful. I love to see... Sometimes you're driving down the highway and you see the big concrete conduit pipes going in. You go, what are they for? The storm water? Children? Are they, who's going to go down there? Little tunnels? Are they, are they going to be... See, I don't even know what they need all this for. It's scaring me. It's storm water, though, I'm pretty sure. You don't want to go in there. When I was a kid, there was this idea that, that children were going into these culverts and storm water areas and playing Dungeons and Dragons in there. Nowadays, they do it in apartment buildings and stuff like that and have special tables that have a, a little thing for your bong. But, then, but it used to be that think, oh, that's one of those games that you do in the wild. You go out there and play it like that. Anybody who plays it knows that you can't roll dice in a sewer because there's always a little bit of stagnant water in there. What are you going to do? You go, is this, the, is this the dodecahedron die? No, look at uh, it's corn. So you got a, uh, you want a nice clean surface to do it on. It's like, oh, kids are going down there and playing, playing craps. No, they're not. They're going, well, it's appropriate. Um, but they, uh, they weren't, I don't know whether those myths were true. There was a lot of myths when I was young. And I think a lot of them were just to keep you in shape. There's one, there's an old, it might be Southern, it might not. I know it's American, it's very old, it's called Frozen Charlotte. And you go, I've had one of those. No, it's not a dessert. It might be. Somebody might be doing it as a yogurt. Do you need, hey, I, I could go for a Frozen Charlotte. Me too, alcoholic, non-alcoholic. But the original Frozen Charlotte were, were two things. 
One was like a song fairy tale thing, and the other's a little tiny little ceramic doll, little tiny little doll about inch or two inch or something like that. You can find them if you're ever if you're ever illegally digging up someone's 19th century property. And how many of us haven't done that? I love to do that. If I see an old house, I'll tunnel under it looking for treasure. Technically, you're not supposed to do that because that's their property too. But I think, well, if I'm down deep enough, is it? But this Frozen Charlotte now, it's about this uh, uh, young woman. And they're going to some ball or something. And she's being, she's too vain to wear, um, I want to wear this dress. You can see my, and I don't want to put a shirt over it because I want to show off. And so, she, or put a jacket on. So she eschewed her jacket and they're on a horse and carriage, her and her boyfriend. And um, he, he had, this is the second girlfriend he lost because he was, first he was only wise his boyfriend. And he's like, oh man, it's not going too well. But, um, they're going, anyway, by the time they get there, she's dead. She's frozen because she didn't wear a coat. And this is a cautionary tale. Wear your coat. Wear your damn coat. There's a reason your mother is saying that. Not a game. This is real life. You could freeze, Charlotte. And um, are there other, are there dessert? Now I can't remember there's a dessert, really, a frozen. Hey, I'm going to have a frozen Daiquiri, not a daiquiri. That's not a dessert. It could be a dessert or a breakfast. There's a lot of delicious alcoholic-based breakfasts. I'm not a uh, really much of a drinker. I mean, I drink water and everything you have to. Don't you? I think you do to stay hydrated. Unless you are in a movie and you got to have six-pack abs, then you have to get completely dangerously dehydrated. Or maybe you've got a bodybuilding show or something. So I gotta get I gotta get my body fat down very low, and then I have to get all moisture out of my body. No, how do you do that? How would you do that? Well, you start by you don't drink any water. You eat nothing but matzah. And um, there's other things that can leave you parched. What are things that make you thirsty? What are things that I would I would have be great for a children's show because it turns out the things that I'm thinking about are not very sophisticated and they match up pretty well with things that very young children are thinking about. I suppose that I will figure them out someday. I'll give the children hope. I say someday you'll either figure things out or you'll still be thinking about them, which is wonderful and youthful. Look how youthful that childish, not childish, childlike man is. Hardy White. He's just like, it's, it's like he's like a big kid. Yeah, they got a name for that. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. Some things I feel like I have figured out, and other times I feel like a child. Some of it is because my mother is still living, and so she likes to reinforce that. So I won't make you feel like a child, even though we're both elderly or something. I've seen this before. I had a neighbor, and... Um, she was a, a semi-famous centenarian. Centarian? Centarian? A Roman guard? No, no. Like, a cent, I don't know. She was 100. She was over 100. And she had a living, well, one of her daughters had died, but the other one was still living. And that, that daughter was like 80, you know, almost 80. And when they go out together, you couldn't tell who was the mother a lot of times because the 100-year-old was very well-preserved, obviously. She made it to 100, and they both had sort of white bouffants. It was amazing. But they just both old, and I, I believe, I don't know, she might have, Miss Lillian's dead now. She made it to 108 or something like that. That was amazing. But it it made me think. So you can have a 100-year-old mama, 80-year-old 80 daughter, and more. No, not in this case. I don't think there's any grandkids or anything. But you can have generations, I suppose. I would be, you know, it would be stunning if you found out like somebody was still alive. They never did die. You assume they were dead because they, they'd be 200 or something now. But it turns out they're not. They were just living in a part of New Jersey where nothing much happens. And so, oh, I never even thought to check on your great-great-great-grandmother. But she's still there. 
Yeah, who knows? Sometimes things have preservative. I, I thought my great-grandmother would live forever like that, you know? It's just the same. If you do the same thing every day, then anything can be the fountain of youth. Scrapple. Doesn't matter what you eat. You know, if there's a, some consistency or you just... I always thought maybe some people forget to die. And um, I don't know what who put that thought in my head. It feels like an extension of the old in search of. Now, you young people have the internet, but we had Leonard Nimoy telling us lies. And then he would come on the television, or I think there were some books, and he'd say, you know, sometimes people spontaneously combust, or they're abducted by aliens, or... All unexplained things are all lumped into a group. Um, some of them can be even real, you know. Or there's an ancient fish. You know, there really is an ancient fish. What's it called? Coelacanth or something? But um, anyway, he would tell us these things. And it gets your imagination kind of... You think, well, these things may be possible. There might be something like a, a Bigfoot or a... a Chupacabra, or as I say, spontaneous combustion, or the lady who forgot to die. And that is a myth. There's, um, I know there's an immortal guy, what's his name, Flamimph or something, who's living in Paris still. He might, he's not a vampire, he's like a alchemist or something, but I think he's still, I think he's still around. People don't even bother looking him up anymore. Because it's like, ugh, ugh, really old guy. The novelty wears off. You know, you know, tell me about, you know, the 17th century or something. I don't even, I, there's nobody that has any curiosity. So no one wants to know. And so the world's oldest person just sits there and, and thinks, why didn't anybody come by my, my curiosity shop? Because they lack curiosity. Well, I know they lack curiosity, which is why I started a curiosity shop in the same way that if they lacked bread, I would start a bakery. I know, but uh, for some reason, if you lack curiosity, you don't need a curiosity shop. So I only think in sorts of analogies. So give me a... All right. You lack craft. You don't need a craft shop. Okay, it's closer. Uh, music. You don't need a music shop if you... Are music, are the embodiment of music. Now, that might not be the answer, but that could be too. I don't need a music shop. You know what I don't need? A gym, a gymnasium. You mean a German university? I do not. That's a universität or something. I mean a gym where you go and you work out and you exercise. Why don't you need it, Hardy? I'll tell you why I don't need it. Because you can exercise anywhere. Oh, that's a lie. It's not a lie, though. It's true. Did you know that you don't technically need restaurants? You can make your own food? Get out of here. You can. And you don't need gyms and everything. And you can, anything heavy can be lifted for exercise. You can use your own body weight. There's all sorts of things. You don't need machines. But there's an industry that sells you these things. Yeah. Are they like the funeral and burial industry? A little bit. I could go on. I haven't thought about it much, but I think the funeral industry and the fitness industry might have something in common. Because they make you think you need things that you don't Right, exactly, because they sell you things you don't need. But that, that can be tr true of a lot of things. But I like going to the gym and having a, I don't know, you know, who knows if you'd like something better if it was normal to you. You get used to a thing. You know, I like my gruel and regular beatings. I would miss them. Exactly. One person's gruel and regular beatings is another person's, you know, simple diet and rigorous uh, reeky massage or something. So I understand that. But uh, still, uh, I, I am not giving. I'm here to give you not directions. In fact, I do that very poorly. In fact, I am experiencing guilt right now because I remember this time when someone stopped. I'm walking down the road. They stopped and they say, do you know where Baptist Hospital is? And I said, yes, I do know where Baptist Hospital is. 
as, and, they, and I gave them directions, and they left, and I thought, I just sent them to St. Joseph, which is not Baptist Hospital. So uh, I got all the religion. I just thought, oh, the Jesus one. But there's two Jesus's ones. So I sent them to the wrong Jesus. He's got two hospitals. They're not his hospitals. He's on the board or something. He's like, uh, it's like Jeremy Bentham. They have uh, a relic of Jesus, not his head. Good God, what a church that would be if you had, we have Christ's head. That's a coup. I don't think most people have like a fingernail clipping or something like that. Nobody's got a hole that or a garment piece or something like that or a bone. A lot of times saints, saints, finger bones. Um, I, you know, they take these, they might take relic, uh, relics when they're looking to um, canonize you too, because the, um, what's her name? Uh, uh, Catherine Robert or something in uh, the little saint in, in New Orleans. I forget her name. I'm so sorry. But there's a 15-year-old saint. She's up for sainthood. She's Cajun. And they came to from the Vatican to check it out. They exhumed her. And I think they took a finger bone. And they took it back to the Vatican. And I don't know what they do with it. Pour solvent on it or something? If it turns red, she's a saint. I don't know what they're going to do with it. A child's finger. We need this child's finger bone. And then we will see. And then the Holy Father will look at the finger bone. And we'll go, hmm. So the Cajuns really like her. Okay, saint. And I think that's how it's going to go. And she's, uh, so she's in, she's, she only died in the 50s or 60s or something. So that's a that's a, a good one. Get new saints. You don't get them very very often. Some of the old ones, I wonder if they get feel threatened. So hang on now, you know. Not going to be patron saint or something I am. No, you're good. I I like Saint Rock because he's patron saint of dogs. He's got that dog licking the open wound on his leg. I think that's cool, and uh, beautiful. Oh, I've had relationships like that with pets. Thank you for licking my... It's probably just because you like the taste of my blood, but still, the dog tongue has all these cleansing properties. I use a, a cleansing product that I got. You know, I take care of my skin, and it is made of dog saliva because it has a healing, cleansing. They use it on themselves and their coats, and they use it... Um, so... It's, it's wonderful. It's called um, Licky Kisses or something like that. And I use it religiously, which is weird, right? I do a little ceremony and I put it on my face. But uh, it really lifts it, opens the pores. And then once the pores are open, you can pry the dirt out of it with levitation or, or a room, room temperature uh, levitation superconductivity, which is... Uh, a lot of face cleansers and scrubs don't have, but this one does. Remember Rula Lenska? She knew she knew what was going on. If you don't use face creams and all, you, I, everything I'm saying is going to sound like nonsense. I can't imagine somebody just tuned in, bless their hearts, say, who's this person talking about rubbing different things on their faces? My goodness, have an open mind. I mean, you know, no matter what your beliefs are, no matter where you come from, your religious background or political background, you can be talked into rubbing some kind of food on your face if there's a vanity element to it. So, so you're saying that I could take five years off of my complexion, five, six, seven, five, six, seven years off my complexion if I rub a Kewpie brand Japanese mayonnaise on your face. All right. That's very specific. It's very rich. It's good. It's what I use to make my Japanese 7-Eleven egg salad with. It really is the it really is the secret ingredient. Get that Japanese mayonnaise. Oh, I don't know if you say, oh, I'm a vegan. Well, use your vegan eggs. I know they have them. They make them out of glue or something. Have those. Well, mayonnaise has got, forget it, skip it. That's, that's right. It wouldn't be. That's all right. Bless your heart. But I know vegetarians that are, uh, Ovo lacto, um, that means every time they eat an egg, they can feed a baby. 
I think that's remarkable. I love the human body. I've looked into how it works before. So they have all sorts of... If you've ever been in New York City, they used to have more of these, but they'd have places where you could go and see how the human body works. And that was very nice. They'd all... Oh, they would... Really, not just the sights, but all the smells. All the difficult ones that come with being human are all there. But those places have largely closed down. But And it's things, some things you can't learn from a book the way you can from a live show on the other side of a one two-way mirror. Is it a two-way mirror or one-way mirror when you just... Two-way... One-way... It's only, you're only looking one way, but all mirrors are one way. Huh. I don't know. I was thinking of building, let's say you build a house and it's got secret compartments behind the walls so you can look through paintings, like pull the eyes out of paintings and then peek through the eye holes or look through mirrors that are like that, like those spy mirrors that they have in police stations. And you know, you just like, what's that big old mirror for? You guys get dressed in here? Are you guys doing ballet in here? Or are you hiding cops? That's what I was thinking. What am I supposed to pretend that is? So you're not fooling me. I know there's not a big dance studio mirror here in this interrogation center. You're hiding police. Just have a camera. What's the point? I don't understand. Just there's been cameras for a long time, closed circuit. You can just film me. And y'all stand in the other room around the monitor. So I don't know there's a lot of things about policing that I don't understand. And that's one of them. Oh, I love it when Hardy, Hardy riffs on detective stuff. You're dismissed. I'm sorry, I love you, but you have to tune out now because you said riff. And I can't abide that. I was just talking about it briefly. Not doing a bit. Not trying to be funny. That's what upsets me. Some of them might say, oh, he said something funny. I'm going to stick around. He's going to say it again. No, that was it. That's it. This isn't one of those things. You know, a lot of sitcoms, I was listening to a sitcom, and I might say its name, bless its heart, because it's a good one. It's a good one. But I've never, and it's successful, and I'm going to tell you why I think that is, but I've never seen a sitcom that hits all the formulaic things right, like all the... Because I remember back in the day when I was trying to learn how to do it and my friend was doing it, he'd tell me about like how many, how the timing of the jokes has to be and the laughs and how many per minute and all that kind of stuff. And I was shocked to find out that this had been quantified and that people that wrote these things understood this. So, but now it almost feels like uh, AI is involved because the topics now seem just too on the nose. There's just something predictable predictable can be satisfying you know i mean if you go in and say you know i'm going in this place is supposed to be german beer hall with schnitzel and witzel and uh, frankenfingers and everything and it's just mm, oh my goodness and then it is like that with the sauerkraut and the bratwurst and everything it is what it says it's going to be so it doesn't have to be fancy uh, it doesn't have to be Jack Ruby's Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. It can be, you know, it can just be uh, what it wants to be, something something humble. Oh, we're not, but there's no artificial ingredients in what I'm giving you. It's all pure. It is all made, made fresh daily. Oh, my, you make me fresh daily. That's how I feel when I'm with you, my my neighbor. That's you got that from Mr. Rogers. People called each other neighbor before him. And I coincidentally said that, not I wasn't trying to evoke him or anything. What you said it like him. I didn't. I said it like a southerner. I said my neighbor, like I said neighbor. Neighbor. Like that. And he's from Pittsburgh. He didn't speak like that. He said he would go, uh, you know, uh, Yins are going to come to uh, be my neighbor, right, like that. Um, I don't know. It's, bless his heart. Mr. Rogers is gone. And he never said his first name. Fred. Maybe he did. Fred. But I never I never heard it. Fred, it was Fred. So that's funny because I guess he's talking to children. Fred. And you don't want them to call you by your first name necessarily. Some cheeky children do that. 
I never go, uh, be introduced like, this is Mr. White. Your name's Hardy. Shut up. I didn't ever, I don't speak that way to children because I avoid them. That's a one, I, if there's people that I find it difficult to speak to, I find it just as easy to avoid them. So, for instance, politicians. It's been a long time since I've spoken to a politician. And only a couple times in my life have I been introduced to one or two. Um, you know, I got to be honest, though. One person I met wasn't too bad. Uh, it was a long time ago, and that person's very elderly and sick now, so I can say their name. But it was, uh, it was Florida uh, Senator and Governor Bob Graham. And I met him in a non-political uh, social context. And he was a very interesting man to me. For this reason, he kept very detailed diaries. So he walked around with a notebook, and everybody he would speak to, he would write their name down, even if they spoke briefly, and what they talked about all the time. He did this constantly for years. So then he could consult it. He had a record of almost everybody he had spoken to and what they talked about. He jotted it down. Isn't that remarkable? No matter whether you agree with his politics or not, and it was a long time ago, so you might not even know whether you do or not, uh, that's, a, that's something else. Jotting those kinds of memories, being that engaged in everything, and maybe you could say he was doing it for cynical reasons, and I'm sure, oh, politicians. Another one I met, and I don't remember this fellow's name. He was just a Florida legislator. I remember thinking, that is the, I, he, got that, he got that wig at Spencer's. That doesn't even look good. That's a, He needs to phone up Tony Bennett, find out how to get a good wig. Or one of those, or Ted Danson. Uh, that guy went for years, people not knowing that, that that thing on his head that made him look like a, a, a Cossack was actually, that's not his real hair? No, believe it or not. Not something stunning. I've never tried to hide the fact that I've, I went bald at like 20 or something. I'm one of those kids. I, I don't know why, really. I, some of me wants to think it was wearing a baseball cap all the time. If you wear a baseball cap all the time, your hair's going to fall out. Kind of does. But I think that's just because everybody wore a baseball cap. And so just the people that had male pattern baldness. And the pattern I got was... Uh, Jean-Luc Picard was the pattern. So I don't know. There's other patterns I guess you can get. Just the the monk, you know, is a good one. Uh, tonsure. But uh, I don't mind. I don't need hair on my head. My goodness. Not when you have it on your ears. Why would you need it on your head? I can I can style it elsewhere if I want to. It, it'd be nice to have the kind that grows long enough to braid. Well, it grows long enough to braid elsewhere, doesn't it? <clears throat> Depends how fine your fingers are, I guess, and how, how tight you want the braid. But the head hair is different than body hair. That's why the lice have evolved separately. Did you know that pubic lice and head lice have speciated because they just haven't crossed paths in a lot of years because all the hair in between... A lot of it disappeared. And so, oh, you're making that up. Isn't it remarkable that I'm not? I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure it's true, but I will tell you this. I'm not making it up. That is something I'm, it's just like most of the jokes I tell. You know, I'm not make. I'm probably not making them up, unfortunately. I used to not watch some television shows because, at least once I was on the radio, because I was thinking, I'm going to steal this joke. I'm not going to do it on purpose. It's just I'm going to watch this. I'm going to get that gag. I'm going to laugh. And like two years are going to go by. And then I'm going to say it just casually, like make a joke or a quip about something or spoof on it. And there it is. I rip off a 30 Rock episode or a joke. You know, that I know. I, I and I'm sure it's happened. I've woken up in the middle of the night thinking, I did it tonight. I did it. I just did it. I know. And I don't check because, you know, I think. But, uh, and it makes me feel so gross. You go, I was listening to that 
show that you recommended. Yeah, Hardy White, you like it? Well, I was listening about, I only was about two seconds in, and he was like, and he said some joke that I heard on Modern Family. Oh, you're kidding, really, did he? Yeah, I was just, I was kind of shocked. Well, I don't know, maybe he's like, I don't know, he's a collage artist, but you, mm, okay. But I'm not intentionally. I think we all are, is idea collage artists. Everything is stolen. You just don't think it is. I think it's better to steal and admit it than to, to do it and not admit it. Right? You don't, I mean, bless your heart, don't, don't be a, don't Led Zeppelin, you know? So, oh, look at those blues we invented or something like that. So, you know, I, I always sang like this. Really? Yeah. Like a rural black man. Yeah, it's, I sing like, this is like we sing like in England. Um, but so everybody borrows things that are beautiful. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, you know, you hear something you like and you start uh, singing like that, you know. I've changed my style so many times. For a while, I was like, oh, I'm in a really nice volume. In a really nice volume. I was saying like that for a while because I thought, I love that. I just don't want, to, uh, want that to be my style. Uh, you know, and those can be problematic because you should be original. But, hey, you know, we're all, all a mishmash, uh, especially music. And it's just so hard not to uh, uh, appropriate. It's so hard that I think just steal. That's much easier, you know. Instead of instead of appropriating music from another culture, just go take it and then put it on your label or something like that. And bum bum, bum Paul Simon. So then it's just easier that way. Oh my goodness, it is a blessing to be with you. I think radio is one of the great blessings and miracles of the modern world. In fact, it might even go back. Before the modern world, we don't know because, you know, after that Bronze Age civilization collapse, there might have been a lot of lost technology, you know? And um, can you imagine that they had radio? Now I'd like to take you back. Imagine, if you will, that we are back in the 21st century B.C., we are listening to a podcast by one of the Utakavor uh, of, of Or. And Utakavor has a very popular podcast. And uh, this is how it might go. Dude, oh my God, listen to this. So, can you imagine that radio, which I'm talking on, Someday might not exist. They might forget the technology. Be forget, <gasps> dude. No, dude. So, uh, can you imagine that though? That radio. They're talking like this on the, in in 21st century BC, and they were speculating even then that there would be lost technology. You know, the pyramids were built by local construction companies. It's just that they were really good, and we just forgot how to be good. That I believe. I believe there's so much love. I know I'm getting into territory now that other people who don't know anything are an expert at, but really, um, you know, when it comes to who knows, you really, anyone can chime in. That's what's so wonderful. That, I love that about being an expert is that uh, you, you take something where there's no evidence for it and there are probably thousands of experts. It does, it's not even the same with science. But it's a beautiful thing. For every myth, there's a person who's a rigorous historian in that fiction. We're remarkable creatures. I had a friend that would tell me, and now, and now very well, listen, I don't know anything about UFOs or aliens or anything, or what do you call them? That's probably not even the terminology. I don't think they like to be called that anymore. What if they just want to get in contact with us because they're mad at what they're called? You know, we just, hey, we're just coming to say we would just like you to change the terminology, then we're out of here. It's just a respect thing. But um, so he was telling me about the different types of non-human uh, species in, in the universe. It's really specifically 
like the, and I was like, oh, I should be sure. I'd be writing this down. Can I, can I get some kind of flow chart? And I was amazed. And I, I thought, I bet there's somebody who would debate him. Uh, no, there's not. There's not four. Uh, there's actually six. You're forgetting. Blah, 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 blah. So that's so neat to me. I'm not uh, against things that aren't demonstrably true. You know that. And I had a large, uh, wonderful discussion with a friend the other day about all the things that are secretly voodoo. I won't go into them. And I mean that as a compliment. I don't mean like voodoo is a put down. I mean it's somebody who's... Uh, uh, has uh, respect for uh, certain uh, re religions and uh, and practices and ways of navigating the human experience and exploring uh, human psychology and uh, creative healing. So I'm interested in that. Uh, and I, do I participate in it? I wonder. Do I make things up? that are beneficial? Are there stories that are lies but are medicinal? Are there things that can heal us that are just false? I think there may be. Of course there are. My goodness. When you're dying, it doesn't matter what you believe, does it? You know, you're, oh, give me hope. I'll tell you anything. It's like, oh, you're going to heaven. Really? Because right, that seems like absolutely pointless to be uh, rational and suffer when you can be irrational and have joy. I mean, there's no if there's no tomorrow, what does it hurt? You know, some people are so dedicated to the uh, truth that they'll they'll go to hell with it. But you've got to think. Well, what is uh, what is true? Not true? Are there some things that I can believe? that are false, but they have no consequence. So, for instance, if I was to believe in some kind of mythical creature, you could say, well, it's not healthy to believe that, or those aren't real, or you're deluded. But what if it absolutely did not interfere in any way with my survival or your happiness? And I could believe in my mythical creatures all I wanted. And all they did, maybe, was help me reinforce a code of conduct or something. That's not so bad, is it? You know, so uh, a lot of times I think when we want to disabuse somebody of their beliefs that we think are wrong, we just want them to be in a constant state of fear the way we are. So they, they're so stupid. They're so content believing in a myth. Yeah, well, you, you're welcome to do it, too. Uh, there's, a, you know, wonderful ways of, uh, of fooling yourself that are not not bad. Now, there are ways of uh, fooling yourself that that are bad, and they're ones that usually uh, involve letting yourself be fooled. And that's different than fooling yourself, I think. Because you know you're doing it when you're doing it. But if you, if you kind of let yourself be fooled, you can be manipulated and fear can be used against you, make you do things, to make you give up your money and your power. Nobody wants that. Oh, I don't want that for you. Oh, my goodness. I just want good. I found out that, uh, and this changed my life. I found out I'm not immortal. And so when I found that out, I thought, my goodness, I think I'll just, I've got nothing to lose now. I think I'll just start expressing myself uh, more honestly. And I think I'll start trying to uh, uh, be more helpful. I think sometimes being helpful is difficult because you want people to, especially as I get older and, you know, you get prideful and I want people to listen to me. I think I have some wisdom. I want you all to listen to me. I'm Hardy White. I'm an older gentleman and I have a little wisdom for you. I have something for you. I want to be helpful. That's the motivation for me doing this. But now I want you to have it and take it and say, oh, thank you. But here's the thing. If you truly want to be helpful, then that really depends on what the person who needs, who, who you're trying to help needs. So if I'm trying to help you and uh, you don't need your lawn mowed, but I'm over there mowing your lawn, you go, well, that's really not the help I need. I need help inside doing something. 
Well, then I'm not being helpful. I'm just insisting on doing a thing or, or demonstrating my uh, compassion. But that's not really helping. You know, so me insisting that you listen to me or take my advice or do this and everything is not being helpful. So how do you do it? So what I'd say is, uh, you know, I think rather than try to guess what you need exactly and open up a shop, maybe just lamps, I think, I think they need a lamp. So I'm going to open up a store. I'm going to buy a storefront there and rent it. Just rent it. No, don't buy it. I'm going to rent the storefront and I'm going to have a store called Just Lamps because I believe that you need lamps. But it, wouldn't it be much better to have a store that had a variety of things so that you could come in and uh, look around and see what you need and pick it out? That's the difference between a store and a boutique celery. I'm just saying, I don't think celery is a word. Well, it is a word, but it refers to a crispy vegetable that takes more calories to digest than it bestows. And I think that uh, a store that has variety like that would be useful to you. And I want to do this artistically and radio-wise. So I lay out a couple different things here, and you can take what you need. And my goodness, well, I didn't really say anything I like. The majority of antique used stuff, thrift stores that I've been in don't have anything that I want. I leave with uh, nothing. You know, it's all interesting. Some of it's just junk. But it's not always there all the time. And uh, maybe this this show doesn't... Oh, yeah, you're right. You are, you're like a junk shop that doesn't have anything good. Well, now, come on now. I might. You don't know what you're looking for. It might have something collectible. You should bring your phone so you can look stuff up while you're here. Because you might find something that's worth a little bit. And you wouldn't know. You'd go right past it. Because you don't know that that's... Uh, what you call a bacolite or something like that. It's depression glass. It's a, They call it that because you know why. Because if you're collecting it, that's sad. That's sad. Um, but there's all sorts of wonderful, more interesting things to collect. Comic books. No. Comic books. Don't collect comic books because you'll be so frustrated. You'd have to get them all. Or you get the middle of the stories here and there. Blah, 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 blah. None of them ever finish. I'm, I'm, the show might be like that. Ah, that's why I don't do episodic things. I'm worried that you're going to miss one. And soap operas, though. TV soap operas used to be magical in that they're episodic, but you can miss weeks and really not miss much of the story advancement. Such is the slow the snail's pace of uh of story development in uh, these daytime soap operas oh. still have the same problems weeks later years later sometimes unbelievable it's nice even back in the day it's they were had been around so long that they had actors on that had become just like they're just skeletal remains saying lines and everything. And I think they still have that. It's beautiful. What a, it's great to have steady work. There needs to be stuff like that, even if they're not popular. The government needs to subsidize it. There needs to be daytime soap operas all the time, and there needs to be at least four. And it doesn't, it shouldn't matter if they're good or if anybody watches. They just need to be there and they need to be employing actors and directors and writers. They're just a part of our culture. And even though as television now trans, uh, you know, transitions to non-broadcast, we need to keep that element of broadcast TV. I'm telling you, you'll want it, you need it. It's not just nostalgia. You know, you'll be sorry. You want this, it's... Uh, when there's limitations, there can be infinite possibilities. When there's limitations, there can be real freedom.
And I found that out when I was learning to write poetry. And I said, oh, I can't. I'm so intimidated. This blank page, what do I even write? And, you know, a teacher said, well, you should try writing in forms. They go, oh, that's kind of stagnant. And they go, no, it's surprisingly liberating. Because then, you know, you, you, you want to be creative within. So there's so many limitations with the meter and everything like that, that how do I break out of that? How do I make that not boring? And then it's great. You say, well, geez, now the structure of the poem is there for me. Now I'm just problem solving. And that's easier. I can get started. So sometimes it's really nice to have some sort of definition like that, some sort of parameter, something to work within, even if it's just arbitrary. And, oh, I might feel that way about belief sometimes. Say, I just need a beautiful made-up world to work within. I just need people to represent different things. Doesn't have to be true necessarily. Just some beautiful story that I tell myself. And that will be my reality of fake made-up heaven. Or I might say, Hardy White means something or has some. If I need to be that to you, say, oh, he's a sort of teacher to me. It won't go to my head because I never, we never talk. So I won't even know that. And I can be all sorts of things to you. And I don't need to even know about them. Isn't that wonderful? And then uh, that, that just seems practical to me that means i'm being more helpful i don't i'm not imposing on you how i can help you can imagine me in any way you want i won't tell you who i am and that's always been my uh, way of doing things i don't want to ever tell you who i am i am whoever you need me to be oh and i will be that for you i can be so slippery so i'll go to say something and i'll say something else so that you can impose your own uh, interpretation on it. This is just, what do you call it, uh, mad, mad Libs, which is that game where you'd have to fill in uh, the blanks. They would just tell you whether it was an adjective or something like that, and or a noun, you know. So name a noun, you go bottom. Uh, and they go, name another noun, and you go, but, and then name an adjective, um, you know, uh, bottom-like, bottomy, uh, uh, something like that, you know. Name an adverb, boodily. And then you read it back, and it's funny, because a lot of normal words are now substituted by, by silly, frivolous ones that don't fit, and you have a beautiful sort of Dada, surrealist experience, and it expands your mind, because you thought, I never thought about that. I never thought going, going to the moon in a big butt, a big human bottom. But now, the Mad Libs has brought this big, beautiful, poetic image into my mind, and I will forever think about a giant derriere floating in space going to the, the aptly named moon. Isn't that funny? Because we, we would call it mooning back in the day. What is that? Oh, that's a person's uh, buttocks. What? They're, they're mooning. Why are they called the moon? Because the moon also has features that hide its rectum. I don't know. I don't know why. It's a big, shiny thing. It doesn't look like a moon to me. It looks like a butt. But, you know, who knows what people see. They used to look up in the stars, you know, and go, oh, I see a crab. And you go, I see dots. That's what my ancestors would have been like. I don't see it. Don't you see it? No. It's a guy holding a sword. That's his belt. It's an ellipsis. But a belt? You're very imaginative. Sometimes what will happen is they think now is that people were looking at a picture and then they looked up and they had like, they could see it on them. You know how you get, you look at a photo negative of the American flag and then you look at a white wall and you see the actual American flag? That's the only thing I remember from science class in elementary school. It's a good book. You know, I'm like, could we just have more obstacle illusions? Well, okay, they don't really teach you anything. I just think I feel I'm more engaged than the lesson when there's optical illusions. 
And I did. I felt like more wanting to learn. I feel like going to school today. Because if you stare at this with your eyes crossed, a, a boat pops out. And I'd like to see that. You know, you just, that's a metaphor for an allegation. If you look at something, stare at something long enough, sometimes something else will pop out. So you might listen to this show, and this I've heard from you. You know, I'll listen to it, and I'll expect one thing, but it's like a magic eye. And all of a sudden, I think Hardy's talking about something different than I thought he was. I thought it was a jumble of confused static, but it's not. It's a picture. Just the picture is somehow obscured a bit. It needs to come into focus. I, the listener, am the lens. I am a filter. I am special spy glasses that need to be put on to interpret things correctly because it's hidden under an obscuring code so that those who don't want to know won't accidentally know and those of us who do want to know will know because we know because we're in the know. No? Don't you know it? Don't you think so? Oh, my goodness. I can't believe we have almost an entire hour together. <sighs> going to need to relax. I'm glad there's a good show coming on after this one because you're going to need to relax. Oh, just take a, well, oh, man, need some recovery after that. Thank you, Hardy. That was like a, a vigorous massage session where somebody was just punching my spine with all their might. That's what you were doing today, Hardy. You're trying to uh, turn on my central nervous system. You're trying to jumpstart me into engaging in life, waking up. Being there in the moment. Oh, my goodness, there is absolutely infinity in the moment if you can grasp it, if you can move towards it away from the past and future into this uh, beautiful, infinite black hole of experience. Oh, I love you, my fellow time worm. Moving through this existence all chopped up and segmented. And the wholeness uh, just being so elusive, just on the other side of our grasp. We can't quite see the in entirety of our lives to make sense of it. We just see it in pieces. And so I tell you, oh, you are all that you ever were and will be. That's the actual you. And I'm so glad to know some of it. And I just want to be thankful for you and say thank, thank you to you today and identify myself. Uh, this is Hardy White, Miracle Nutrition, WFMU, East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County and New York City, New York, and online at WFMU.org, Worldwide, Wide Freeform Radio, the way you like it, seen it all in the pretty, everywhere, and did I say it all? I was messing around, so 91.9 in Rockland City, New York City, I said all that, oh, shoot, you know it's like the Lord's Prayer or something, when I say it, please, I hope Scott's listening, if I mucked it up, say it again or something. But um, it's like the Lord's Prayer. If you don't say it from starting the beginning, you, you'll, you might mess it up. And then you'll be struck dead right on the altar. So I don't want that to happen. Oh, thank you so much for listening, my friends. I will see you again next week.
twins name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. 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 Twins name was Ebony.
Thank <laughs> you.